Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Well, huge blockbuster. We're getting to it absolutely as quickly as we can here. Kyrie Irving traded to the Boston Celtics, a return far exceeding, I think, maybe what any of us thought. I'm joined by Danny LaRue and Dan Feldman. Just quickly before we get started in the analysis, the trade. Irving, with two years left on his contract at about $19 million per, traded for Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder, both making about $7 million a year, and Ante Zizic, and then the big crown jewel, that 2018 unprotected Brooklyn first round pick. Dan, since you responded to my request for an emergency podcast first, uh, you on Twitter gave this an A plus for the Cavaliers and an F for the Celtics. Why did you see it that way? Well, from the Cavs perspective, and this is going to be pretty much overlapping, like I think Kyrie Irving and that Nets pick are pretty close in value. Like I'd have to look closer to see which I would favor more, but it's in the same general range and then after that to get Isaiah Thomas too to get Jay Crowder too that's such a huge return I almost gave the Celtics a D minus because I do like how Kyrie Irving is a little younger uh, fits better with with the movement they're going with with Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum but the overall value like it seems to me like wildly in favor of the Cavs yeah what about you Danny what do you think of that well I'm kind of conflicted on it I don't think it's as clear as what was what Dan said mostly because I think the asset are val- should be valued differently for the different teams. So Kyrie Irving, I think, is a better fit long term for what the Celtics want to do, but they have to believe that they're going to bring him back. And then at the same point, you think about the other pieces that were involved in this trade. Jay Crowder in Brooklyn, those those assets had been hoarded for a long time. And you kind of thought, OK, well, what are they going to be used for? And instead of going you know, more in a long term direction, they ended up going in that way. And the part that's frustrating for me is that I had gone you know, thinking about, oh, well, they basically chose Isaiah Thomas and they were building in that direction. Well, Markel Fultz is obviously not nearly as good as as a Kyrie is now and likely will never be as good as Kyrie Irving is now. They're very similar players and it seems like a, a big change to say we want that type of guy with Jason Tatum as opposed to with, with the trade they made you know two months ago. Yeah I think obviously the Celtics believe that Kyrie Irving is a great great player and he's one of the more controversial players in the league. He's had those amazing moments in the finals. He can be completely unstoppable maybe as unstoppable as anyone in the league but he's not like that all the time he can take bad shots he's not the greatest passer in the world his defense really is not good at all in the regular season every once in a while he get good in the playoffs and then also there's the health concern about him as well where he really last 
year it was the first year i think that he's played an entire season and so that's also something to be concerned with now i guess where i want to go first is before we even get into that brooklyn pick who is going to improve more as a result of this trade just for this season alone well i think it's the Cavs. i i think right now i think Kyrie irving right now is better than isaiah thomas but i think there's at least a case you could well, make like that's how i describe the, the during range. the regular season last year it wasn't close isaiah thomas was way better than Kyrie irving right. during the regular season last year but i think if you're going to make it an argument about the playoffs that you could say maybe that Kyrie is a, is a little bit better and of course there are the health issues for isaiah Kyrie should still be on the upswing given his age and isaiah with that hip surgery or, mm-hmm. or didn't have didn't have surgery on it actually but it was reported that he basically has like bone spurs in his hip and he's trying to rehab it but it could be a longer term issue for him um but yeah so so sorry i interrupted you you're saying oh, those guys no are you're pretty good. close to I equal mean, right i mean that's exactly what i'd say like isaiah was way better in the regular season but the playoffs are really what matters for cleveland and you know i i'm tend to be a believer in bigger samples obviously the playoffs can be different and for those reasons Kyrie uh can bridge some of that gap even though he wasn't as good in the regular season like it's close i think Kyrie is a little better for all the reasons you just said and that matters so much for the Cavs because their championship window is open Kyrie's clearly more valuable given the contract status given his age than Isaiah Thomas but the present matters so much for Cleveland next year alone because LeBron is still there and then you add those extra assets and I think uh it's it just makes the Cavs way better right now and, and and I'm going to include slightly in that the fact that they could always flip the Nets pick like that has value for their next season I'm not sure they'll hang on to that and wait to use that draft pick themselves if they're looking like a championship contender that's a huge asset to get somebody to help them right now this season well and, and what if uh what if like Paul George in Oklahoma City is like it's not when going that well of. there right like they, they could try to get him I mean there's there's just an incredible things that they could do there probably you just hold on to that pick especially with LeBron's future up in the air but if LeBron wants to return and is indicated that by next uh offseason then you could always trade that around the draft as well, well Danny what, there's, what there's about you I, yeah, there's something ahead. I wanted to talk about there which is that well obviously he's not the headliner in the deal Jay Crowder brings the Cavs much closer to something Nate that you've talked about before in terms of what they can be defensively you can play Crowder and LeBron have them guard the other two teams forwards and do a good job it puts less strain on LeBron I think that can work really well and then Tristan Thompson you know he, he obviously he has his different strengths and weaknesses but I think that can work really well too and while I think Isaiah is kind of miscast on this team other than being the best kind of foil to LeBron in, in terms of when LeBron sits that, that any LeBron team has ever had he's a little bit misused when they're playing together but they can make that they can that's not as big as some of the other stuff they can they can make that work because Isaiah is wonderful off ball who sucks worse on defense in the playoffs Isaiah Thomas or Kyrie Irving Isaiah, Isaiah. yeah at I least mean, Kyrie I, has Isaiah, his moments Isaiah, you can yeah Isaiah you can you can pick at him and he kind of loses gets dispirited and all that kind of stuff but you know I, I, the point that I think that Nate that you're probably getting to is that Kyrie Irving's defensive foibles are probably underappreciated and Kai and and Isaiah's might be I wouldn't say they're overappreciated maybe they're properly appreciated so the margin is closer than many think well, can I bring up a, a, an, let, a, let me say one thing on that yeah uh, but let me say one thing on that first uh, in this unwieldy the three-man podcast I will be <laughs> recognized uh that uh, Isaiah he'll at least like fight to get around screens at the point of attack now he's if you're gonna go at him in the post yeah it's gonna be a problem you know if you're gonna run small small pick and rolls that's me a problem but like if you look at how for example the Celtics have guarded Steph Curry he's actually like done okay against him right and now you know as soon as you put Steph Curry in a pick and roll with Kevin Durant then it's all over of course with Isaiah but it was similar as we saw with Irving so I'm not sure 
that it's really that big of a difference between the two and that uh, there are some situations in which Isaiah is better because Kyrie just completely dies on every screen and it just turns into a switch whether you want it to or not. So what I was going to bring up uh, along the lines of the difference maybe being a little overrated. So everybody likes to bring up Isaiah Thomas's real plus minus. Did he finish last in defensive real plus minus? Yeah, it if was he wasn't there. that last. But, but know, a lot of that too, a lot of that too is just based on the prior because of his height as well. Like that's, that's a big mm-hmm. component of that. And, uh, you know, as we've sort of seen, three-point percentage can be a little random. Everybody brought this up with Kawhi. The opposing three-point percentage uh, for a Celtics regular rotation players, it was the worst with Isaiah Thomas on the court. Now, maybe that's because of his height. Maybe he's not contesting as well out there. And it was still pretty good. It was still better than league average. The Celtics were good at it. But when you're comparable to guys on your team, I think that had something to do with his bad uh, defensive plus minus, real plus minus. And I think that's something people have hung on to as far as establishing his defensive reputation that's not necessarily totally earned yeah nobody was shitting over him that hard the previous year you know he's been a, a part of some good defenses and yeah teams have certainly gone after him but you know i don't, I don't think that's a, that huge of a difference um and i think it's interesting too that ante zizic is another guy who is just he was basically was put in this deal i think to make the salaries work because crowder and thomas wouldn't have quite been enough remains to be seen whether irving will waive his 15 percent trade bonus or not. i think it was reported that he has okay that's interesting uh but uh, because boston not on one of the lists his fabled list of four teams but perhaps there's been some discussion uh, that irving would be is amenable to staying in boston and that made them feel better about making this deal you'd have to imagine at least some of that had to have occurred for them to do this just for two years of irving um because right i mean i think that brooklyn pick a lot of it depends where that's going to fall and maybe they felt too that like that brooklyn pick their internal projections show that brooklyn wasn't going to be quite as bad as everyone else thought maybe that's part of it maybe this is looking more like you know average five pick instead of average three pick or something like that or or median five and three so maybe that's part of the calculation here as well with that brooklyn pick uh maybe who knows maybe the allen crab trade is what is what made this whole thing (laughs) this whole thing possible because the nets are going to be a little better this year um so yeah i mean i mean i think for boston this is what i always believe i i was nowhere near as critical of danny ainge as a lot of people were because i felt like it's fine to wait around it's fine to just take your bites at the apple with these draft picks unless you get a good deal that's really going to turn you into a championship contender and so boston just about out of assets in the war chest now in terms of future draft picks they've got that memphis pick which you know could end up being pretty good but that's a few years out and then they've got the lakings pick uh two through five protected they only get it if it's two for five through five this year with the lakers and then all but top one protected they get the the better of phillies or the kings in 2019 so is this now looking like do you think that if they don't make any other major deals that this could become a championship nucleus in boston now that they've acquired irving and lost crowder and thomas I do. I mean, I do. Like, as badly as I thought the Celtics did in this trade, they came into it in a phenomenal position. Like, they're still in great shape. They were in great shape and now in, I think, less great shape. And Kyrie could be very good. And if he resigns, you know, that would obviously help this deal. A part of what I'm baking into how I'm evaluating this deal is even if Kyrie straight up told them, I plan to resign in two years, two years is such a long time. So much can change. And it's also a short time. Like, as long as LeBron's in Cleveland next year, 
it's hard to see the Celtics getting past the Cavs. Cleveland's if he the resigns, favorite, right? Cleveland is clearly the favorite still in the East, yeah. And, unless and so, more moves come. Right, so you can't guarantee that you're still going to have Kyrie in, in two years, but but I think the odds are probably in there. Especially, I think this could be a championship team. Yeah. Uh, Danny, what about you? you I, I, as you might tell from the thrust of my question, I don't think that they are that much meaningfully closer to winning a championship in the future because I just don't think that Kyrie is that good. I think Danny might be in like a train station or something right now. I would agree with you if I can pretend to be Danny. I would agree with you that... <laughs> well, you're going to have to stop pronouncing Kyrie's name okay. Kyrie and start saying it Kyrie like a normal person if you're going to pretend to be Danny. <laughs> I be. All right. Why don't we uh, do our little our little thing here while, while we're waiting for Danny. Sure. Uh, we have another big transaction to announce. The Cavs and Warriors fan bases have linked up on a major union. Congratulations to Dan Feldman's friends, Liz and Tyler. If you survive watching these last three finals together, we know you can make it through anything. And uh, you have Dan to thank for that shout out because he put me up to it. Yeah, thank you, Nate. And uh, congratulations to Liz and Tyler. All right. Is Danny back yet? All right, we're trying to get him back. But for the time being, the other thing I want to talk about is that even Ante Zizic is, he was number 16 pick last year. Statistical translations are good. Struggled a little bit in Summer League, but came on towards the end in Vegas. Maybe a guy who can at least help slightly in Cleveland this year as a backup, you know, minutes eating big. And, you know, I mean, that's basically, I would put him at about the same value as you would just, you know, the number 16 and pick in the draft this year. I don't think he's going to be some world beater, but he can at least be a quality backup center so that's more value really part of that's to make the the salaries match oh and then one other thing for cleveland too they saved nearly 20 million dollars in luxury tax bills their repeater tax bill would have been 78.3 million before the trade and now it's down to 59.2 million yeah a lot of things adding up i really like zizic uh coming out of the draft i was disappointed by him in summer league and and you saw more of him up close uh and i just i thought coming in before summer league he was the type of guy who could make an impact this year because he's just so much about effort and getting getting after rebounds and working hard to to create high efficiency efficiency shots inside and I don't know he just looked a little rough around the edges than I had hoped to see and if I'm the Cavs I'm probably not counting on anything for him from him this year yeah I, I wouldn't either but I mean they're they're just ha- gonna have like a lot of minutes that they're just kind of all right we can throw this guy out here because we don't want it because really they're only viable centers were Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson and Love obviously is their starting power forward as well if I were Cleveland I would be thinking even more seriously now about moving Kevin Love uh I doubt they're gonna do that but especially now that you have Crowder you're so close to just having this switchable versatile defensive lineup with Tristan Thompson at center Crowder LeBron Thomas obviously doesn't fit into that but J.R. Smith kind of can a little bit so if you could trade Love for maybe get a first round pick and just get like you know maybe a Wilson Chandler type of guy not necessarily Denver because they already have Millsap but get one more wing guy and maybe get a future pick as well uh, I think that could really round out this team and make them more of a threat potentially to Golden State because I think that Love is still a miserable matchup against them uh, yeah I absolutely agree it's to Love's credit though that I don't think that's a lock that because his value I think has come down a little bit and he worked so hard against the Warriors in last year's finals and his shot wasn't falling and that had a big influence on his effectiveness 
this. But as far as doing the things you're talking about, and especially defensively, he did way better than we had seen from him before to the point where I'm not sure that offer is out there for Cleveland, but I'm with you. I'm absolutely going to explore that. Yeah. And then for next year, it's very interesting as well, right? LeBron, if he were to return, it would be a maximum salary, almost $36 million. They've got Iman Shumpert on a player option. Thomas's cap hold is $11 million, but presumably would want over $20 million per season in a new deal, depending on how he plays and if he stays healthy as well. I mean, that's part of the risk here too, is that hip injury. But we'll assume he's going to pass his physical in this trade. And so that'll be uh, that uh, Cleveland is okay with that. Presumably the medical records were, were shared in advance. So that could lead to then an enormous tax bill for Cleveland next year if they want to bring all these guys back. But getting Jay Crowder as a contributor, $7 million next season eight million the year after that like just so remarkable to get a cheap starter which is what they have not had that'll really help out with their potential tax bills as well and then if lebron does leave they've got that brooklyn pick coming in uh they could maybe trade love as well and get something and thomas they could just not resign him or maybe put him into a sign and trade not wouldn't get that much for him but get something and so you're now they've got more flexibility now perhaps than they did before not that Kyrie couldn't have been traded but by moving him now and arguably getting better this season and getting that Nets pick I'm fine with that even if you're missing one more year of Irving at at the end of this and uh, oh by the way Irving didn't want to be there anymore yeah absolutely I think the tricky thing for the Cavs next summer could be well do you want to re-sign Isaiah without knowing about LeBron like do you risk losing him because I think in the ideal world if LeBron's staying you're gonna just pay what it takes to keep Isaiah like your your window's probably still open he's probably still gonna be a good player at least for the start of his contract unless this goes really south and if it goes really south, I doubt LeBron's staying. Uh, but as long as Isaiah is a good player, I think you've got to re-sign him. But what you don't want to end up doing is re-signing him to this big contract that's going to take him well into his 30s and have LeBron leave. I think if LeBron leaves, it's not the worst thing in the world just to let Isaiah walk and then build around what we presume to be a high pick from the Nets. Yeah, and they won't do that. They'll wait. I mean, there's no well, way there's they the... re-sign him unless it's just a team-friendly deal that they could later move. I mean, what if he has a big offer from somewhere else and LeBron's taking his time yeah that could could be an issue as well but uh yeah i mean maybe it's not impossible but i think it'll it'll work out okay um that wouldn't be a major concern for me uh, uh real yeah, quick you brought you brought up the physical and you mentioned Kyrie's injury history and i hadn't really considered that i was just thinking more about isaiah thomas's right. current hip issue like i'm not assuming he's going to pass this physical i'm still sort of holding my breath that this trade is based on okay we need to see him uh but if everything checks out but i don't know if the Cavs would necessarily have good reason to assume it's going to work out fine in this physical like i'm not convinced this trade's going to happen uh, i think this is what we have so far is just an agreement a prelude to the physical and i'm watching very closely on this physical let's talk about more from the celtics perspective neither of us like it but what is the thinking from the celtics perspective in your mind as to like you know what's going through their head if you said hey you know to explain to me why you did this deal celtics like why are you doing it? well i i think there's a decent case although i'm going to say two words at the end of this that are going to undercut most of what I said, but Kyrie is just 25. LeBron still has control of the East, and the Celtics have put together this reasonably young core uh, uh, with Gordon Hayward, with Kyrie, with with Jalen Brown, with Jason Tatum. Uh, you can add Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier, depending on how you feel about these guys. Like This is a young enough group that could be peaking when LeBron is finally declining. Here's what undercuts that, and maybe this is a, a prelude to something else. Al Horford. If that's the 
the idea. If the idea is to have this younger core, I don't know how Al Horford fits into that anymore. Yeah, although Biggs, it's a lot easier to get them, I think. And I do like the fact that it's a younger core. If LeBron leaves, they would certainly be the favorites in the Eastern Conference in 2018 or 2018-19. And I think also they just they get out of the situation now, which you were just referencing for Cleveland, where you would have to pay Isaiah into his 30s because you have no way to replace him. Now they've got Irving when they have to give him his next contract. For, uh, also, Irving probably has a better chance, I would say, of making All-NBA in Boston maybe than he did in Cleveland. Uh, so, although now that doesn't matter because they trade yeah, him. Yeah, because so he he's can't, traded, he can't do yeah. the designated veteran anyway because he's already on the second deal. Uh, so, in any event, though, he they can bring him back. They'll have the advantage of the five-year deal still with the 8% raises. So, they've got a, an option there where you know for next year when this that was the year when you're going to be the favorites if LeBron leaves uh that you've got a guy under contract as opposed to Isaiah who maybe even if you paid him market price he still would have left anyway or you wouldn't be able to agree on it so they've gotten themselves out of that deal uh they also could have just not traded away Marco Fultz to get themselves out of that issue uh and then you know they still have this Lakers Kings pick coming up as another bite at the apple and yeah it's I I think a lot of this deal whether this deal is just a bad deal for Boston or an awful deal it all depends on where that Nets pick ends up falling uh and maybe they also weren't that big on, on the 2018 draft that, that could be another potential thing as well though i from what i've seen of that 2018 draft it looks pretty decent so far was it the 2014 draft where everybody's like oh this is amazing and danny yeah. ainge said no i i don't think so and he turned out right on that one if that is the reasoning but i agree with you that especially the top of that draft next year looks pretty good yeah, Danny, by the way, uh, losing connection. That's why he's uh, traveling middle America. He actually saw the, he was in the uh, zone of totality for the eclipse yesterday. Uh, he's traveling the U.S. by train. Uh, so anyway, how does Boston look on the court this year with Irving? They've now lost Jay Crowder. I was just saying when I was on Josh Lloyd's podcast that I had heard that potentially their plan was to just start Al Horford in the middle and play Jay Crowder at the four. Probably not going to do that now. Uh, now that Jay Crowder. Crowder is not on the team. Yeah, well, or, or to still to, to play Horford sure. starting at center. Maybe it'll be Baines. They'll go back to a more traditional look now. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. They are going to maybe part of this too is just making a bet on Tatum and on Jalen Brown. Now they're going to have to contribute a lot more for this Boston team. But Crowder and Crowder did fall off a little bit defensively last year, but shot it well. It's still a very very valuable player, especially considering his contract i would be very surprised if Braun or tatum gives them what crowder would have this year in terms of actually really contributing to winning basketball especially on the defensive end and from a shooting perspective as well but yeah i mean that's a big part of it. they got these two wings they're like one of the few teams in the league they got marcus morris too whereas like and maybe morris will just start now and they will still start horford at center but they had one of these few teams that had so many wings just i would have hoped that they maybe could have done a little bit better in trading a guy like Crowder who's quality starter two-way player on the wing with that contract right one thing I like about them for the present uh, is the big knock with Kyrie is his passing ability his ability to to play make for others but the Celtics have a couple other good passers for their position Al Horford Gordon Hayward uh, if if Marcus Smart is a starting shooting guard like I I'm not convinced of his ability to run the offense from the point but as a shooting guard he's a fine distributor uh, and so that could cover for some uh, of Kyrie's weaknesses well another interesting thing 
thing for Kyrie is going to be how he's going to look in Boston's system. They don't like running as much straight pick and roll generally. They like to have him play out the ball. Irving is going to have to get in better shape to do that, to do the type of sprints off the ball that Isaiah Thomas was doing. I do think that the way they move the ball, operate through their bigs at the elbow, can help minimize, as you mentioned, one of his weaknesses, which is passing. But are they going to throw in stuff now where he's going to get to go one-on-one as one of the best ISO scorers in the league? Are they going to do more small, small pick and rolls to get him a favorable matchup? How much of that are we going to see? He is going to almost certainly have a higher usage than Gordon Hayward. I could have seen Hayward and Thomas being more co-pilots of the offense. I don't think that's going to be the case with Kyrie. Kyrie's going to for sure take way more shots than Hayward, and probably should. But all that's going to be really interesting. And then where these rookies fit in, like a guy like Tatum, who's also someone who likes to have the ball in his hands as well. Maybe you could see on the second unit, they'll run a lot of pick and rolls with Kyrie and Tatum and then just go to work ISOing those guys because that's what they're good at. A lot of interesting possibilities just from what's going to happen on the court, even beyond just the asset accumulation game we've been talking about. Yeah, one of the things that has impressed me most about Brad Stevens is his ability to communicate a game plan to his players, uh, both to explain to them and have everybody on the same page, uh, but also to get them to buy in uh, because most guys have gotten the results they've wanted when they do. So I'm curious what the give and take is here. Like, I, I don't know. I'm kind of with you. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not going to assume that the Celtics are going to uh, change what they do to to fit Kyrie, and I'm not going to assume he's going to change for them. Uh, I think these are all enough professionals, and they'll find something that, that works for everybody, but I don't know which side of the spectrum that's going to fall on. All right, I think we're, we've about covered all our bases here. Anything else you wanted to talk about uh, with this trade before we wrap up here? Uh, if we want to talk about a small thing, so there's going to have to be some other move for Cleveland. Uh, by my count, they're up to 17 players who look at least plausible for their roster and that just might mean uh, cutting Eddie Tavares and Kay Felder uh, I think they probably would like to move on from Amon Shumpert at this point I don't know exactly how tradable he is or what they can make work there uh, but it, it seems like there's going to be something else to come for Cleveland yeah and also actually Cleveland now has a bit more remaining of their mini mid-level exception perhaps they can use that now uh, or in the buyout market uh, with uh, Dan Gilbert having saved a little bit of cash still an enormous luxury tax bill but a little bit more manageable so now maybe they can be a little bit more players on the buyout market than they would have been because remember if you were you really with the vet minimum and like half of the mini mid-level that's not really that big of a difference over the course of a full year but if you get down to march 1st when you're signing these guys who've been bought out you still can use a lot more of that exception than you can just the prorated minimum uh because it only starts reducing when you're halfway through the season so you they could pay someone up to probably about two million bucks just for like the last two months of the season with what remains of their mini mid-level that that's a great point and when they get to that time when you get to late february by then they'll probably just be ready to wave jose calderon to open that roster spot i don't think they'll do it quite yet <laughs> but by then it's no problem yeah and, and we'll see maybe or, or maybe there could be a trade or they could get someone to they'll really be wanting if they wave one of these guys to hope that someone else picks them up so that they won't get stuck with the tax bill as well um all right th- that'll do it for today and uh Dan, Danny, for the amount you're able to make it. Thanks so much for coming on in this emergency show. I'm going to get this thing up and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with regularly scheduled programming, Minnesota preview uh, with John Krasinski and Sacramento with James Ham. That'll be tomorrow night, Wednesday night, but uh, glad we could get this one out there and uh, can't wait for the first game of the season, October 17th, Boston versus Cleveland and then Golden State versus Houston. That is going to be an awesome night of basketball. Talk to you all next time. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.